0: podcast this is your host dylan scott and today we are on with the most recent american high rocks winner out of new york last weekend Leo fernandez somebody who comes from a triathlon background boasting a pretty darn impressive iron man time of 8 45 59. so Leo's was coming to the sport he raced his first pro race back in houston last year uh found that the sled pull really gave him some troubles and has really come back in a big way after putting in a solid block of work and now finds himself atop the podium. So, Leo, how are you doing this Friday morning?
1: Yeah, very good. Thank you for having me, Dylan. Uh, it's a pleasure to be in this podcast because it means that something good, something good
0: happened. <laughs> it means that something good happened. Absolutely, man. Um. So yeah, I think, so you and I, we first connected, I would say, actually I believe through your wife, correct? Yeah,
1: so my wife, I think, added to you, and she was following you in, in Instagram. Yeah. And then I contacted you before um, Hyrox Chicago. Yep, yep. It was going to be my first Hyrox. I remember, I mean, you are <laughs> among the best of the world, so <laughs> it's always a, I have a person to look at. So, um, because you are kind of a different prototype of Hyrox athlete, I, I felt more represented by with your body type. Yeah. As I am with the hunter, for example. So, uh, so I was wondering if I could be a good hurdles competitor. I been coming for an uh, endurance background, and uh, yeah.
0: It definitely seems like I mean you, you've you've progressed very well. So your first race was Chicago. You raced the open there, um, and you were just up under an hour, I believe.
1: Yes, uh, I was fifty nine, but I have to say that. Uh, that race has nothing to do with the pro weight, so <laughs> it's yeah, absolutely it's a
0: different sport. Absolutely. It's so aerobic, isn't it? It it completely shifts. You start going up in that pro weight, and it the way that it moves is so different.
1: Yeah, and and actually, I I remember thinking, oh, really? I I didn't push that hard, so I don't want to like uh, like uh, being destroyed after that race. And it was like, okay, I'll keep pushing a smooth uh, like tempo pace, and I felt good overall. And the 59 minutes was, okay, that's not that difficult. But definitely, <laughs> when you move into a pro age, it's another story.
0: Absolutely. And so what we'll do, I mean, we'll end up coming back through all this, talking about your first pro experience and then talking about your second one, the things that changed in between that. But let's go back to kind of like the very start for you. So if we're talking to, you know, six-year-old paleo, what are you doing at that point? Like off the bat, what do you like as a kid?
1: Well, you went to the perfect time because – at six years old is when I started doing sport in general. So my parents were very into sport and I started practicing karate, the so martial arts, and also uh, up in skiing. So I used to compete in ski. ski. Uh, I started at the age of six years old and I combined both sports for, I would say 10 years, up to 15 years old. I was quite competitive in karate. So I I, I competed for a long time there. And then when I went to college, I started running. It was the only it was the only thing I could do uh, with a minimal time. So I met a lot of people in college that um, encouraged me to start running. I started running there. I joined the uh, university team, athletic team. I spent one year ra- running with them. I was really bad. I mean, I was just in the in the back of the back
0: every race. So so it was so, just for I was for fun. So you uh, you said ski you're talking cross-country skiing or? No, you sand. Oh, and sand, yeah. sand skiing. So you, at this point, are you in Spain? Uh
1: I was in Spain. Yes,
0: I was. I was in Spain until 28 years
1: old. So most of the things I'm telling you before. Yeah. Uh, uh, starting Pyrox, I would say it happened in Spain.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so I have never, maybe I've seen like sand skiing, you know, like as just like a side thing. I have never seen it was it a competitive sport over there? Was it something that like you raced in?
1: Yeah, I raced. Uh in Spain we don't have a very high level. So uh I never raced competitively uh, internationally, so it was only a national level where it was mostly on the top. But uh it was a fun thing. So I was studying, I was a kid, so I made it for family. I loved it. So same as Karate. So it had these two sports that they combined. I went I my my, my mother has a we have a house in in the mountains, and uh, we used to go there every weekend. This is Hawaii. I started. I started skiing. So um, yeah. So this is my, my background. Has nothing to do with endurance. Has nothing to do with uh, the kind of things that I started doing after college. And yeah. So it was a, bit, a big change after I moved to the university. So
0: yeah. So with, the I, I kind of want, I want to stay on both of those two sports for a moment because they're both just kind of yeah. like, they're sort of niche kind of sports. So in 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 karate, what level did you get to from a belt perspective?
1: Uh, my best results was third in the Spanish championships. Mm-hmm. So I got a, a bronze medal in the Spanish championships. But uh, when I had to fight, I mean, uh, there's two different um, like uh, karate competitions. Yeah, have okay. the Kumite, what we call This is when you fight against other person. Yes. And you have the kata. Kata is like movements that you do without any other person in front of you. Okay. I used to do, I used to fight. And uh, (laughs) I have to say, it was very stressful. It was very stressful. Not only the uh, competitions, but training for it. It was every uh, day after school when I went to the gym, it was like hard to mentally accept that you were going to be, uh, so <laughs> yes it, it was kind of hard and i I spent a lot of years uh training for that I ended up i I gave up in, in karate because mentally I couldn't I couldn't handle it so it was hard to when you get a level there's a point when you have to assume that you will be beaten every single day so and it's it's kind of difficult there's other people who love it i yeah. I didn't uh at the same time I have to say that uh karate gave me so many things uh it gave me. I mean, the personality I have, I think it comes from martial arts. Martial arts in general are like a a good way to find your your personality.
0: So you, you particularly, you didn't worry about you didn't worry about going to school and getting bullied. You knew that when you got out of school, you were going to get beat up. Like it was.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fortunately, I never use it. I never had to use it other than in the gym.
0: That's a very good. Uh, that's a very good <laughs> circumstance to find yourself in life, where you are like I am competent and able to fight. But thank goodness, I've never actually had to execute on that. Exactly. Um, but, so, so you pair together both the uh, so the karate. You say mentally taxing, and that's what kind of took you out of it. Physically, like how many hours are you kind of training for that sort of stuff?
1: I mean, compared with what I do now, it's nothing because we just used to train four days a week, one hour and a half, two hours. Okay. Uh, so it's not it's not that much it's it's a very explosive it's uh, anaerobic purely anaerobic so the the fights are two minutes long so within two minutes you have to be 100 percent on it yeah and it's purely anaerobic it's only two minutes so my heart rate just rise uh,
0: to the to the CO. <laughs> yeah so it, it's like basically running a hard 800 yeah exactly. yeah
1: yeah. so, so yeah yeah I would say it's closer to 1,500,
0: high but <laughs> <Close> <laughs> with a lot of sprints, with a lot of sprints in between. Okay. <laughs> so you've got you've got the karate background, which is is building that explosiveness from a young age. And then you've got the the sand ski. And what are the competitions like for that? Like what's a sand ski race?
1: So we have two different competitions, slalom and giant slalom. So you have to dispense and they you have pools and you have to go between the pools. So it's okay. very it's it's all about technique. So both sports have a uh, component of technique that is very important. Ski is even more important than karate. But uh, yeah, so I had. I mean, the slalom is lower than the giant slalom. In the giant okay. slalom, the pools are uh, like, uh, have more distance between them. So uh, you go faster. And uh, yeah, so this is just about, and also the same thing as karate, uh, a ski race is one minute. So you have, and it was very hard at the same time because, uh, there's not many ski races in Spain. I had to drive on Fridays to the Pyrenees from my hometown, which is eight, nine hours drive to race for a minute. And uh, and it was it was not always good. So you probably go after nine hours drive and then fall in the first pool and you're out and then go back home. And, and that's all. So it was it was also a very nice learning experience in my life. So success, success it is not always easy in that sports. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure, that's a, that's such a like a punctuated period of time where it's just like yeah. one little, like the tiniest mistake. You know, in, in the races, of course, we'll get to doing the Ironmans and like hyroxes and stuff. You can have two, three seconds that go wrong, and your race is still okay. In a 60-second race, you get half a millisecond. And you're, yeah. you're done. You're done, absolutely. In both, both sports.
1: Yeah, so there was a, a big shift in my... My career when I started running because it was different, and I I embraced running. Uh, well, if you want to move forward, you
0: want to stay with that. Yeah, hey, no, no, no. I just wanted to make sure that we kind of covered those bases of like, all right, this is what your background really was. Like, what, yeah, what is what is karate like? What is the the different types of skiing? The slalom, the giant slalom. Um. So yeah, now you you head off to university, and what were you going to study?
1: I studied civil engineering. Uh, yeah. So I am a civil engineer. I have a master in. um, and uh, I would say postal engineering, okay, oceanography, and PhD uh, in, in the same area.
0: So you said you have a master's and a PhD in the same area? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so not, not only athletic, you got a little something going on up in the coconut as well.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I will, I will make a living with sport. I, mean, I, I always assume that, and I don't <clears throat> want to do it. I mean, sport is always a good complement of my life. I, I love doing it, but not as a way of making money. <laughs>
0: Because uh, a lot of, time, I mean, like when sports become your job, you know, when you're making money from sport, the yeah. the love for it can go away really fast. It yeah. Can go away really fast. I mean,
1: mentally, I think I feel lucky. People say that lucky people are who can like uh, make sport as their job. I think people who can go to sport without the pressure of making, having to make money, or just having fun. I think we're a little bit more lucky. But by, by the way, um, I I love sport. I mean. I would never go professional in any sport, but I always love to be competitive. So there's a, <laughs> this
0: is something I have here. No, dude, absolutely. Go, like when you go to that professional level, it, it can start to rob that joy. And then the second that you find that this was, hey, this was the thing that brought me a lot of happiness in life and I, I devote a ton of time to is now like a mental drain. Where do you go to ever relax? You know, exactly. Um, exactly. And so it's funny, uh, I don't know if you watch any of the NBA or anything like that, but if you've recently seen like the, the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic and the interviews they've been doing with him after they won the championship, all this man wants to do is go home to Serbia. Okay. He's he's the he's like the best NBA player currently. He, I mean, just magical with the ball. His distribution is shooting great with it. And you see him he's sitting there, they've just won the championship, and they're like, are you excited about the parade? And he goes, parade? We have a parade. What is, what is parade? They go, Thursday. He goes, oh, oh my god, I need <laughs> to go home. <laughs> like, this man is coming in and he's making, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year playing basketball. And he's just like, bro, I just want to go ride horses.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the, the problem of professional sport is that it's very hard to make it sustainable for a long time. Uh, you see many professional, like, Uh, athletes or uh, basketball players or whatever who who don't want to see a ball who don't want to see a track or who don't don't want to keep uh, doing sport after retiring
0: yeah
1: and uh and this is this is something that i mean when there's a professional athlete who keeps running or who keeps doing his own sport after retiring i feel this is the person who i want to be so this is the kind of person who okay he really loves what he does or what she does and uh, yeah, so my, I have to say my idol side, my the people, I, I feel that they are a reference to me are those, when I went to races, I usually look at all the old uh, people who are there with a, with a huge smile, and they say, I wish I could be there at the same age, doing the same thing, with the same motivation. So this is my my main goal, being, growing up,
0: being old, and still
1: enjoying what I'm doing, whatever, whatever it is. I don't care which sport I will be doing it. I'm 60 years old right
0: <laughs> you just want to be able to find joy and love and doing it in the process yeah exactly. absolutely so, so going to the like moving from that to now we're in, we're in university you've got people who are like hey come out start trying to run and you said you were not very good at it what is yes. what is not very good at it because i have a feeling you were probably okay okay uh,
1: yeah so i started running basically because two things first i met people who run and the second uh, I sprayed my ankle playing soccer, because when I moved to college, I started playing soccer, like, not seriously, but I sprayed my ankle a couple, couple of times, and I thought, okay, that was enough. In three months, I sprayed my ankle twice, that's that's enough. So I started running. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't too good. I mean, uh, I have to translate that into minutes per mile, but I was <laughs> able to run... Yeah, do it in
0: kilometers. Fine. Do it in kilometers, that's fine. Okay, my, no,
1: my, my, first, my first year, I ran a 10K in 37 minutes. And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, depends who you compare with.
0: <laughs> uh, a- absolutely. But, like, I mean, yeah, 37 mm-hmm. minutes is, I mean, is that world class? No. Is that decent for, a no. uh, like, a college athlete? Still no. But two back-to-back 1835Ks, that's yeah. not, like, there are plenty of people who are like, yeah, I would kill to run that fast.
1: Yeah, I, I have to say, I never worried about that. So, I just, because, I mean, obviously, it was a new sport. It was something, everything, everything was new. And, uh, Whatever I did, I felt that they improved. So uh, uh, I, I was not, I didn't have any high expectations. I didn't have any particular goal. I just wanted to go there and, and run with my with my teammates. So I basically enjoyed more Mondays and Wednesday, which was the, when we trained, we had the group training uh, sessions that uh, the races itself, themselves. But <laughs> yeah, so I ended up doing this first year in college running. Uh, and then I met a few guys who were doing sport called okay. triathlon which by that time was not so famous because we are talking about 2010 i mean it was already famous but it was not the same as now so uh, not many people that's only crazy people uh, try to mix the three things swimming biking and running and i said okay i feel good at running i biked all my life not seriously but i know how to bike i never swam but okay let's go let's go for it so the the following year 2010 i i signed up for the university travel team and since then i was hooked by traveling i'm still i'm still i'm still into it this year i probably take a break but i'm still uh in the
0: in the party yeah so i think that that saying like the the aspects i think almost everybody goes okay i've ridden a bike before um i know how to run okay and it's always the swimming that people are you know, very like, ah, I don't really know how to swim that well, particularly when you start to get to those longer distances. Um, Yeah. So your introduction into triathlon, how long did it take for you to pick up those things? Like when you started getting into the pool, did you find that swimming came pretty quickly or did you just sink like a rock?
1: Uh, It came pretty quickly. Uh, It came quickly. I mean, uh, the running curve was uh, very steep at the beginning but then it became flat very soon. (laughs) So uh, I have to say the first triathlon I raced, I had started swimming one month before, so I swam for four weeks and I survived. Basically, I survived. My first triathlon was a sprint triathlon and uh, my only goal was to get out of the water and be alive since there. (laughs) And I have to say, I struggled more in the run than in the swim because from the swim, I was only expecting to get out of the water. From the run, I was expecting to push hard I have nothing left by my time. So a kind of humbling experience my first triathlon. But this is what really motivated me to keep pushing and keep working for the following races. And uh, yeah, but without uh, showing my ground, I always knew that my weakness was at the beginning. And it's mentally easy to handle that, because you know that as the course progresses, you will become better. So uh, I knew that I would always gain positions after exiting the water. So it was a good thing. And the swimming is such a technical sport. And there's people who can have a decent level even starting swimming when they are old, but uh, not my case. I mean, I think I reached my limit three years after I started swimming. Since then, I haven't improved anything. Even though I put a lot of time in the water, no weight improved. I had like a, a pace I could hold forever,
0: but yeah besides that impossible and so like when you're in the pool and you're swimming you know what are your what what kind of splits are you swimming at for say like 100 yard splits
1: my 100 yard splits in the pool i mean they're they're really bad i am i am a bad pool swimmer i'm a good open water swimmer I, I mean compared to the pool yeah so i usually swim in the pool okay today for example we've been swimming before this chat been doing 200 meters, 200 yards yeah 330 more or less no,
0: 2.30, 2.30, 2.30, sure Yeah, I was going to say 3.30, that's not right. So you would done. No, no,
1: 2.30. And uh, this is not a good time for someone who wants to, to be something in training.
0: No, and, uh and it's not slow.
1: It's not slow, but same thing. Uh, if you compare with the level that you that it wanted to perform overall, I mean, i way behind. But if you go to the open water, I can hold that base for an hour a distance. So... <laughs> There's there's a lot of contrast there, so I can I can swim in open water way better uh, than in the pool. I don't have like buoyancy ability, so my legs usually sink. But with the help of the wetsuit, I swim very very horizontal in the in the open water, and I have a good orientation skills. So I swim straight, which is the most important thing.
0: <laughs> and uh, you're, not, yeah. you're not giving me yeah, the zigzag, right. yeah.
1: Yeah, and I learned a lot when I started doing travel, and I only swam in the, in the ocean, basically. So I, I used to live in a, in a coastal city. We had a beautiful uh, ocean area to swim, and we used to go there. And sometimes it was very wavy, uh, and uh, the currents were strong, and it was hard to, to go straight. So I think I learned there quite a lot. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was going to say that, I mean, the worst conditions you're going to swim in are going to be choppy ocean water. You know yeah definitely and so if you if you if you're already learning in the worst conditions you're probably gonna find yourself in that tends yeah. to help out when you get like a calm day you know you yeah. just feel like you're gliding through everything.
1: Yeah but even though even though I'm saying that I'm a good swimmer, I'm I usually get out of the water within the first ten places within a race. So I'm not that bad. So I mean this is the worst thing I do, but it's not that terrible I have to say no.
0: Yeah, because I was so I, like I was looking at your splits from your Ironman and um, saw like I mean a sub one hour swim time. You, know, you were fifty four change, I believe, which is pretty quick when you look at you know the best guys probably coming out of the water in forty eight. Yeah, um, and triathlon really does not particularly the like ultra distance or longer distance one. They don't play well to the swimmers. Um, it's very rare that your first man out of the water is your first man across the line. Yeah. Um so. I would say that if you're going to have a weakness in the sport, th- th- swimming would be your, your one place where you're like, All right, I'll give some time there.
1: Yeah, swimming in long distance is definitely not the most important thing if you race in the amateur field. But if you start racing now in the professional field, it's becoming more important. So even though it's a very small portion of the entire race, in the professional field now, if you are not in the front pack in the bike, without drafting, you need to leave 12 meters between the bike. You have in front of you but yeah. these block meters is still drafting so you you, you feel the help and uh if you are not in the first bag it's hard to reach the gap that you have with the front bag it doesn't happen with the, in the amateur field I never I never raced uh, professionally in fair so I never had this experience when you race in amateur you basically do your own thing you don't care about anybody else it's just a way to start and uh, drafting basically doesn't exist tactics they don't exist so you just do your own race, uh, but I see people like failing and other people succeeding when they move into the professional field. Particularly this year, a lot of uh, uh, teammates and friends who were racing amateur sure, races against uh, with me last year or previous years, they moved into the professional field. Some of them are doing like top five, top three uh, ranking because they are good swimmers, even though in the amateur field they didn't get into the top. Others that were really good amateurs didn't get into top, don't get so close to the to the top guys in the proper in the professional field now because they are not good streamers. So, being a good swimmer is not that important, but it's still very important.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, whenever you get to the high levels of any sport, you have to be proficient at just about everything because it's no longer yeah. you don't get those big gaps; they're baby gaps. Um. So. Yeah, it doesn't matter how
1: fast it doesn't matter how fast you, you run just spent 10 minutes in the sled
0: pool, right? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You were less than 10 minutes in that sled pool. You were nine minutes in like 50 something. <laughs> okay, well, I'm hard to break the 10 okay.
1: minutes to 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. So, um, so yeah, so now we, you were, how long were you in triathlon for before you started hearing some rumblings of high rock stuff? Uh,
1: it went until 12, 12 years. Uh, well, 12, yeah, 12 years. I started in 2010. I was racing short courses until 2016. So I haven't tried, I didn't try uh, half distance, half Ironman distance until 2016. My process was very slow. I focused on Olympic and sprints. I, was, I felt quick and, and I enjoyed it. And another thing from Spain, which is different from that here, is that races are very cheap. So I, I was able to race by 10, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. So I raced every single weekend. When I was in college, I raced every single weekend. So I was racing to atlons yeah. from February to May, and triathlons from May to October. And then I raced cross country until February, and then over again. So I raced basically every single weekend when I was in college, no matter what. <laughs> so it was a different thing. So I was I was very used to racing. I, I know what compete, what uh, racing means. And when I moved to the US, or when I started doing long distance, Uh, it's a different thing so first races are expensive second don't recover that fast when you race a half ironman you don't recover that fast when you race an ironman so you have to to choose your your races in a smart way you have to pick up those that uh, it's the best and and go for them
0: yeah so at the shorter distances at like the sprint olympic so the olympic well it's a 1500 meter swim uh 24 mile 24 mile bike and then or 24 and change maybe and then a 10k Yeah, exactly. And so for that, like, let's just look at how your running prowess progressed. What were you closing those ten k's in by the time that you were starting to get proficient in the Olympic distance?
1: So my my ten k in Olympic distance, I was able to run under thirty three minutes. And if it was a a solo ten k, so if it was a ten k race, my best time is thirty minutes fifty something. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I progressed so, a lot.
0: <laughs> so you were running thirty-three minutes on the tail end of a triathlon. If it was just a straight-up yeah. ten k on a road or on a track, uh, or road on a road, you're running a road ten k in sub yeah, thirty-one.
1: I, 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 I was never able to run fast on the track. I mean, uh, going around the track is frankly my
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, dude, I'm saying like your ten k pr was back to back my five k pr, except for ten seconds or fifteen seconds faster. <laughs> Like per day, <laughs> so so yes, you definitely did progress as a runner quite well. Um, yeah,
1: so there was a point in 2015 where I uh, spent more time running. So because some reason I had, some races, and running races that really motivated me. So I have my hometown race, the last day of the year, uh, December 31st. It is a very famous race in my Spain and uh there is more than six thousand people racing that race in my hometown so i always dreamt to be on the podium in that race so i focused a lot and this is a, a 5k so i was training for triathlon but at the same time i wanted to perform well in a 5k race so i got a level of that year where i was able to run the 5k under 15 minutes without any like big <laughs> problem yeah so i was focusing 5k races i i was able to win that race in my hometown i was a to me, it was a personal achievement. Very, very, uh, like proud of that. And I would say that was the, the biggest thing I've got in my life. Uh, it doesn't look very high, very, very big, but uh, to me, <laughs> it had an uh, emotional component that was very important. Um, I, I think it it uh, just was have uh, the best shape I've ever been in running. I was very skinny, by the way. <laughs> so I had to lose a lot of weight. Uh, if you want to run fast, I'm sorry, but if you want to run fast, you have to be skinny. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it's difficult. And I don't say running fast within
0: mean, a travel. I mean, being being a fast runner itself. Oh, uh, dude, absolutely. So, like, I mean, first off, on the on the winning that race in your hometown, and you being like, hey, that's like the biggest like thing for me. It's funny how when you're the person who sets what is success for yourself, the things that you find the most achievement in. Because I agree, I'm actually like right now, I'm back in my hometown, um, just for yeah. work. But being back here brings back like so much to where I remembered like I can go to the places that I used to run when I was 16 like and the places that I've just I know that a decade ago I was laying face down on the ground after track races and workouts and just how much it means to go be successful in an area that you saw your entire life yeah so to go home and win that race you're like yeah, nobody else is gonna really look at this and be like, oh wow, what a what a great day for him. But for you on the inside, exactly. you you achieved what you saw as a child as like greatness. That was greatness in the eyes of a very young Paleo. And now you're up there and you're like, Wow, I'm really proud of myself.
1: Yeah, that definitely you you described it perfectly. Uh every time I go back to my hometown, I I have the memories, I have the same feeling. And I needed it was the, I mean I won't have many chances to repeat that. I think I, I will never have this chance again. <laughs> but uh I, I had uh, I was lucky to have this experience and it definitely was a, yeah, it was the best one. Like all my people, uh the streets of my of my city was were crowded, so it was was so nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it's a bu- it's like a beautiful moment to have that. And then, yeah. you know, talking about dude, to be a fast runner, um just a pure runner, yes. You do have to be skinny, like you have to be a smaller dude, like at the not in hybrid, not in hybrid sports, and not even particularly no. in tri- triathlon. You look at like Christian though, exactly. he's a he's just a locomotive. But exactly, um, if you go look at you know just the other day, Jakob Ingebrigtsen goes and breaks the two mile world record. Skin and bones, man. Like yeah. there's not much to yeah, it. Uh, a goose just broke the I think the American record the 1500 yesterday. Skin like everybody looks. Like a clothes hanger, they're just like
1: yeah, yeah, that's the way. I and mean, if when you, when you compare them with us, <laughs>
0: we are like and, Dude, I I I'm skinny. Like you look at me in the field, and they're like, "Oh, Dylan's yeah. skinny," and I'm like, "No, no, no, Dylan." When he was running in college and high school, and was 145 pounds, 20 pounds before this, at the same height, that was what a runner looks like. like exactly. Uh,
1: what I, what I, what I mean when I say that you have to be skinny, I mean to perform at your highest level and your personal highest level running, purely running, you have to be skinny. So, yeah, you have to be a few pounds less. than. Uh, it doesn't mean that the High Rocks uh, pro athletes, uh they run really fast. Yeah. Uh, definitely, they are very fast, but if they were like uh skinny people, they would go
0: faster, I could say. I mean, yeah. only running. Only running, exactly. So if they were to, like, and, and we'll see how that translates over here in just a second. When you started... When you started high rock training, so you had done, you did your Ironman in Texas. What year was that?
1: Yeah, uh, it was last year in April. Okay. Uh, so it was, my, it was my first Ironman. So it was 11 years after doing Triathlon, I did my first Ironman. <laughs> so it's a, it was a long journey. People said, oh, it was impressive, your first Ironman. Yeah, I was training for that for 11 years. So <laughs> it was not that impressive. Uh, I tried very well. Uh, I knew every single detail of the, of the almost nine hour uh, course. So I knew what to drink, what to eat every single minute. So I had everything under control and everything went almost perfect. I only struggled a little bit in the marathon. I started cramping at mile seven, which is very early. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's too early. So I had a really hard time the rest of the marathon. So I had to manage that by running between the other stations or walking the other stations. I was able to do that. So with this, I ended up doing three hours Minutes. It mm-hmm. was not my goal. <laughs> I I was expecting. So my I was a little bit ambitious in, in the marathon. Uh, I was expecting under 250, and and uh, I I I would I would have done that if I had had, had a cramp, So you never know. <laughs> uh, so I finished eight hours 45. Was was good. Good enough to qualify for uh, Kona for the World Championships. And it was my second. This was my second Ironman. So I was trained for the Ironman World Championships. All the summer i went to hawaii in october i was very skinny by that time uh i <laughs> have to say uh, so when you put 20 hours training i mean you are used to that but uh, uh only 20 hours pure endurance uh you get very skinny <laughs> yes so it's not only uh doing strength i was i was doing strength but not that much so mostly endurance uh anaerobic exercises so i went to hawaii and i knew that well, this is a world championship, so even though I raised in the amateur field, uh, it's always very competitive. The top, the top world amateurs, they train like professionals, and many of them they only do that, which doesn't ha- happen in other sports. I don't know how they, they make a living with that, but because we don't get we don't get money. But on, I mean, I'm the, the best of this. Where there, I wanted to to fight, and I went there. I took a risk. I tried as hard as possible. I was. Uh, almost chasing the podium and then 12 kilometers to the finish line i bumped and uh i was totally empty so i lost tons of minutes within the last 12 k, which i had to basically walk but well <laughs> I, i'm proud of myself i i raced a lot and i went for it i didn't get it but i don't have the doubt of what happened here so i just tried i'm happy with that
0: <laughs> yeah dude i mean you raced well for 133 miles <laughs> yeah. you know and yeah, you had seven miles on the end They got you but that dude that happens i mean that's a that's a nine-hour race like yeah we we exactly. talk about we talk about the unpredictability of high rocks in a one-hour race like <laughs> a nine a nine hour race like
1: i mean many many things can happen and all then you have to be mentally prepared because things will happen and you will be able to recover from them and this is important so whatever happens you have to uh reset your mind and become the best, the best, uh, um, doing the best according to the, the new scenario. So, uh, for example, in Hawaii, I lost my nutrition in the first kilometer of the bike. Uh, so, <laughs> I lost my my nutrition. I, I had two bottles with nutrition. Seventy percent of my nutrition was in the bottle. I lost, so I ended up having only thirty percent. So, just I started taking the gels from the air stations. Okay, that was not something I, I wouldn't do normally, but. <laughs> I had to do it, and it worked. Uh, so you have to adapt, Just keep pushing. Never give up because it's a very long race. The race. Many things can happen. You see, I was really good at uh, 12 kilometers ago, and then I lost tons of minutes. So this can happen to anybody. So this sort of things makes you being into the race, in the race, very focused because you know that you always have
0: your your shot. So yeah, coming from you know having that triathlon background, having two Ironmans in the back pocket. And knowing what it's like when things go wrong, I mean, you you brought a lot of, like, mental resilience into, into High Rocks. So you come off of the Ironman World Championships. You said that was October?
1: Yeah, it was October.
0: Okay. Last year. And then when we linked up, that would have been in February of 2023. So in between those two times, when did you, like, hear of High Rocks? Oh, I love you. I'm, oh. I'm back again. Okay. All right. Yeah. For some reason, it, it paused for a second. Um we'll just we'll hold that in there. That's fine. Um so what I was saying was so October is when you race Iron Man World Championships, and then we end up meeting each other in February in Chicago. So yeah. What uh what was it that that got on your radar that was like, oh, this is this Hyrox thing? Like where did you see that from?
1: Okay, this is a a, a thing think of many coincidences. So I I was racing in in August I was racing uh Chicago Chicago travel. And I went, when I went to the finish line, I met a guy who started, I was just exhausted. So it was like, I was not paying much attention. There was a guy uh, with the long hair
0: talking to me. It was. You met, was you met sport. Mark Van Hal. Mark Van Hal.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he was talking to me about a New Sport and it was like, oh, that looks cool. But I left that there. I left that there because I was training for, for, for Conan, whatever. I remembered perfectly our conversation, but I left that. Uh, in the, in the, in the, in the so uh, when I went, when I went, came back from Kona, uh, and the winter came to Chicago, which is something that I had never experienced because I used to live in California. So my my <laughs> my California my, my California time weather was uh, was really amazing in the winter as well. So uh, I had to find something new. So uh, I heard about a strength program that was launched by the Open Water Swim Chicago group. Open Water Swim Chicago group is a a, a group here in Chicago that organizes open water swims, But within winter, because they cannot go open water, they do different things. So they partnered with Hirox, and they offered a strength program for winter, just to keep people engaged and motivated. So uh, I registered for this program. The only requirement was you have to sign up for uh, Hirox Chicago in February, so I did. And then I went to the first uh, workout and I found this guy who I met in the Chicago Trailers. I was like, no way, is it the sport you were talking about? <laughs> and I said, yeah. So, oh my God, Mark, I met Mark uh, for the second time that, and also Lauren. So, Lauren and Mark were the coaches of this uh, strength program. It was a very fun time. So, we had in person workouts with, uh, with all the group and with Ben and uh, Lauren. I mean, very, like, that's it was like not, nothing competitive. It was all for fun, but everybody was pushing as hard as they could. And my wife and I joined this, this group. Both of us started training for Aerox. And we found that it was the best thing we did in, in winter. So I, I loved it. Because with, with this kind of um, endurance background, I thought like I was ready to, to have the resistance for an hour race. But I was missing the piece of the strength and uh, this is something I, I was looking forward to developing. So uh, it was a very good uh, good opportunity to just combine both endurance and, and strength skills. I and mean, this sport, I think, is, is the perfect example to balance both aspects. So uh, I trained for Chicago I because I signed up just without knowing that there there, there was another category of pro weights. And I had no idea about high And so I, I raised, I mean, I, in Chicago, by the way, you could only race uh, open wings because it was North American Championships, and you, the elite 15, were, were the only you guys were the only ones who were racing pro wings. So I went to Chicago. I had a lot of fun, and since then I think I, I found a, a sport that that fills my life very really well and fits very well because uh, trail I mean trail gave me so much, and I still bike, stream and run almost every day. <laughs> I've been swimming before our chat. So I, I, I didn't race, uh, not long, last week
0: or two weeks before. Yeah. Weeks
1: ago. Two, it was two weeks ago. Yeah. And so I still doing things around triathlon, but uh, the commitment you need to put racing at Ironman distance is, is a lot to be. So you need to spend, you need a lot of time and this year I'm, I don't have this time. So uh, with a full-time job, and I'm also doing a master in, in data science. So I don't have that time. To put on trial on and high roads doesn't require that i mean you can train a lot but if you just want to do it as i wanted and being a little bit competitive <laughs> not like you guys <laughs> uh i can do it
0: with eight hours a week so yeah, it, i mean one of the best guys so tobias lafoyne who comes from a background of heavy and cycling uh, i talked with him you know over at manchester and he's like i train maybe eight to ten hours a week he said i i oh. built this yeah he said i built this gigantic aerobic base um, from years in the saddle. And now I just do the hard workouts that, you know, are 60 to 75 minutes. And I do a <laughs> couple of aerobic efforts and I, I have all the, I have all the base I need. I don't need 20 hour training weeks anymore. I need <laughs> exactly. And I can still be very competitive. And he is. Um, and that's yeah. the beauty of a sport that the race lasts an hour. Like if you want to train all the time, like I like to do, can. If you want to yeah, train 12 hours a week. And, and be, you know, still top level, very doable. Exactly,
1: yeah, you're right. Um, and what I, what I feel is that I don't need to run that much to keep the minimum running uh, capacity. So uh, coming from, it depends what, what your background is, you need to put more effort in one thing or another. So definitely my running is uh, really worse than it was in October, uh, much worse, but, uh, when i when i run after legs run when you run after rolling this is a different demand. so you're running with a uh, fatigue legs it's very similar to what i did in triathlon. very very similar and this is something I did all my life so i feel very familiar with the feeling so i i i feel like I don't need to spend too much time doing this sort of workouts compromise workouts are important but i haven't done any compromise workout for here as we say
0: no one yeah. and uh yeah, so um, so with that, so you came into Chicago, you raced really well. I believe you won, did you not? You won the Open overall, didn't you? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 30 seconds only, but
0: uh, yeah. Hey, a win's a win. Well, you can win by 13 seconds. You can win by 13 one-hundredths of a second. It don't matter. That's a win. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah, yeah. so you win that, and then a couple of uh, you know weeks, month and a half, at the most, later, you go race Houston. Yeah, two weeks later. And, okay, so it was like two wow. weeks later.
1: I call me suicide, so it's a suicide to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you and I race Houston, and I was watching that live stream. Um, and you know, things start off pretty well for you. And then when did everything start to go? Because, you know, the first run is the same as open. The skier, same as open. Second yeah. run, same as open. And then was not. So So, tell me, you hit the sled the first time with that you know 90, 100 pound weight jump, whatever it is. And and what did you feel? What did you notice?
1: Well, uh I don't I want it to I don't want it to sound very like bad, but with it leg push, I felt great. I mean, I didn't feel it was I felt it heavy, but I could move it. And I was moving it at a very similar pace as the other guys. And I didn't feel I was putting over, I mean over pushing. So I know my limits and I know where I'm <laughs> over pushing. And I was not over pushing that day. I'm pretty, i hundred percent sure. And the problem is that I gained too much confidence in the push. And when I went to the, to the pool, I moved to the pool, and and the fucking sled didn't want to move. <laughs> <laughs> so I was. It was like a like a, a moment where I said, "Oh my god, I came here. I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to finish this thing because it doesn't move an inch." So I tried. Hard for thirty seconds. I didn't move. I wasn't able to move an inch. This uh, sled. So I started thinking. I went back. I was turning around myself. And I was. Ah, like, oh, what can I do here? And then I found the chalk, which I didn't know we had chalk. <laughs> so one of the problems is that the rope was very sweaty. My hands were very sweaty, and it was very slippery. Um, I also think they had the sleds in in
0: in Houston were heavy as well. Huh? It seemed uh, like they were. I agree. It seemed like from the splits, yeah. the the sled pull was was quite heavy.
1: Yeah, but the other guys were moving it, so uh, <laughs> it was my fault. It was not a sled's fault. So I went to the chalk, and for the first time after a minute there, I was able to move a little bit the sled. I said, "Okay, it's going to be a long day here." So four lengths, it took me almost ten minutes. I saw people coming in, coming in, coming out. Uh, it was very. I had to. At, the, at some point, I had to okay. Just look at your rope. Forget about anybody else. You are here because you wanna uh, you wanna try for the first time this race. But I thought it would be. I mean, instead of thinking that it was going to be like something impossible, it drove me to give like training. So in the pool, I went out of the pool. I I spent ten minutes there, and I kept pushing. So I didn't care which uh, position I was. I I I was. I did a very decent bar piece. I went into the, the road, which is my I think it's my best station. Uh and I, I was pretty pretty hard in the pretty good in the in the role. And I was able to move up to the second position in my age group. When I went into the wall boats, so I went from tenth or something to the second, but the wall boats took me. <laughs> so same as happened with the with sled pool. When I went to the goal balls, I didn't have I had nothing left. Yep. And I felt that the target was so high. And I definitely hadn't trained uh good. So I had trained with a target which was lower. And this one was very high.
0: Did you feel deeper? Was it your shoulders that gave out?
1: Uh I think it was a uh, general fatigue.
0: It was Petit. not the
1: shoulders. I felt my, my, my legs were shaking. um uh, okay. my yeah, my, my arms definitely were didn't have strong enough. Uh but uh yeah, I think it was a mix of everything. So I spent seven minutes and a half and thirty seconds in the wobbles. Uh it was it, it, I think it it was even longer to me than the, than the slide pool. Uh yeah, but I, I was able to finish. So I was very proud of my of myself. So particularly because after the pool, I kept pushing and I didn't give up, which was the which I know was an interesting thing. Mean, I was doing my own thing. And I didn't care about time and I knew the time was I mean it was not real. Uh Yes, I mean, if I if I were able to manage these two stations, I would be well some kind competitive. So I that's that's that was uh, something that drove me to keep pushing the rest of the of the, all the following months to uh, the next race. And uh, yeah, so very humbling experience in Houston, I have to say. But at the same time, uh, a lot of lessons learned.
0: Yeah, and, and sometimes, honestly, having a race like that, would you know that something went drastically wrong? it's actually better than having a race where a lot of little things went wrong, where you're like, like you can pinpoint, Oh, this is what blew my race to pieces versus like, man, was, was that a fitness problem or was that a, or was that like a mistake here? And now you have all these ambiguities going into training of like, what do I work on? Like, where did I really suck at? But now you can look at that sled pull and go, well, that's where I really sucked at. Like,
1: (laughs) I I knew where my weakness uh were. So I knew my weakness was uh the full capacity, the grip. I didn't have enough grip
0: and my shoulders was very were very weak.
1: Uh so these uh things was what, what these are were what I started uh, focusing on uh for the uh, for the next uh following uh months. And I think it paid off.
0: Yeah, I would say it absolutely paid off. So you had like you had about four months, you know, yeah. maybe uh three and a half before you come to New York. Yeah. Um, and so you show up to New York and just give us a run through of that, like like what the race was like for you. How's the course? I know a lot of people like, bro, this thing's so crowded. Um, and, and how the back and forth was with those top three, because it was a very close spread.
1: Yeah, yeah it was a very close gap. And, uh, I I mean, regarding the course, first, I was not going to race in the pro division. I was supposed to race uh, in the mixed doubles with my wife. So we had... Uh, like uh, planned ahead of time, this race to race in the mixed doubles. But she had an injury three weeks before the race, so I signed up for pro weeks for pro division three weeks before. That was not enough time to focus on that because I was already uh, focused on being fast with the light than being <laughs> than moving strong with like uh, heavyweights. But by the way, I have been training a lot in the with the sleds and the wall goals in, in my gym. I I didn't I had a, I didn't have a gym to train higher-ups before Houston. So I haven't I never pushed or pulled the sleds in training. Only during the in-person workouts with Mark and Lauren which were five or six in the winter. But besides that, I was not able to train anymore with the sleds. So I signed up for a gym. I registered at the gym next to my my house which has sleds and and wall goals. And uh, like high targets. So I, I I started training there with, I was pulling and pushing sleds a couple of times per week, uh, particularly pulling. And the funny thing I sent you yesterday, a picture, because uh, I had no idea uh, how much weight I had to put on the sled to make it feel, because it felt so hard in Houston that I started putting discs on the sled as uh, I was freaking out. And I put yeah. sleds on my train sessions like, like there's no limit so I ran out of discs in the the gym (laughs) when I was there and I do the sleds nobody else can use the 45 pounds discs (laughs) sorry
0: it's because like I mean yeah you have to put you know depending on the gym you're at and the surface you're pulling on there were times when I would have to put 700 pounds to make it feel like you know the sleds that we race with um yeah but so yeah no I know what you mean I've been there before where I'm like hey I hope nobody needed these. Um, if you did, you'd have to fight before them. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's a little bit embarrassing when I go there. Goes, eh, I probably need all these things. Uh, yeah, so I started pulling as much weight as I thought it would feel the same as Houston. So every time I went to the pool, I had to struggle. I mean, I had to put the weight that I would struggle in the first pool when the rope is all extended. So uh, I, I, and I think regarding what happened there in New York, I was putting more weight than it was required. Good. Uh, you know, I know that the carpets are different and everything is different. That's why I didn't know what to put. I ended up training with almost 700 pounds plus his leg. Uh, and I felt the same, I had the same feeling as Houston. So it moved inch by each. <laughs> and then I went to, to New York, as I said, uh, no expectations. I, I had, I had been prepared. I was prepared to raise the the high uh, mixed doubles, and uh, because my wife couldn't do it, so I ended up racing the pro division. And my run, as we said before, uh, before New York, I, I had a few injuries in my feet. Uh, we raced every time a swim run course, which is a long distance course, which is combines running and swimming with my wife. So it was a twenty or oh, sixty miles, sixty miles run and four miles swim race. Uh, And so I injured my feet, it was in April. I couldn't run since then until three weeks before Europe. So uh, my run was very limited, but I knew that it was not a, I mean, it was not the biggest problem. So uh, the way I approached this race was okay, try to go slow in the runs, try to to go recover, do not attack the runs because you are not ready for it. And uh, the experience I had in Houston was I attacked the runs and I failed. So, uh, in this case, I decided to go easier on the runs and pushing hard on the stations. So I was very I was expecting the sled pool. Honestly, the the venue was amazing because it was very small. There was a lot of people around uh, the athletes, but at the same time, it was difficult to run. So four loops uh, every single run with a lot of people in the track. Uh, it made us running all the time outside. So. I'm sure that I was running more than one
0: day. Oh, you were. Yeah, I've I've raced that course before in the Meadowlands, and and when it gets crowded, like, you are running. You're just zigzagging and trying to, like, move around. And, you know, part of it is you don't like that for the case of, hey, if we're using races for, like, time qualifiers for things. But then on the other side, like, I come from a cross-country background, and I love all conditions, you know, just like – you know, make it ugly, like, okay, there's people in the way, push them, like, whatever, like, let's go, uh, give me, it's, it, it's fine, I think it, it's fine. fine, it is, some people hate it, they're like, get out of the way, like, and I'm like, all right, I, you're not going to get, it. I'll get you out of the way, like, okay, we're, that's fine, let's, let's, I mean,
1: because, and also because sometimes you feel past as fact, and you are not <laughs> going fast the, there are so many people around you. are like, oh, I'm so strong here, but it's not <laughs> true, but anyway, Mentally helps, <laughs>
0: dude. It really does. It's like it's like when you run down like a hotel hallway and all the doors are passing by so fast. You're like, bro, I am Usain Bolt reimagined. Like you feel so quick. Um. So and, and you won this race out of the third heat. So you weren't in the first group, correct?
1: Yeah, I was in the third uh, wave, uh, third. Uh, so the first wave with Eric Williams uh, was uh, one of the favorites. I think. I mean, I I, I only knew Mark. So Mark was racing in my wave. Okay. And I, I didn't know any other guy. So uh and as I say, I this in this race and particularly in this one because I, I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to uh be the best uh, of myself and 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 doing the sled pool and the world was in a decent way. That's my that was my goal. So I started very conservative in the third wave, but fortunately I took the lead uh from the very beginning. So I was surprised that I went out first in the, sle- in the ski air. I was not expecting that because I knew that other guys ski faster than me, but I was able to do 350, yeah.
0: I think. 351 I is the split I have.
1: 351, yeah. Yep. So, which is quite decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I would say.
0: No, that's good. And I felt
1: great. Then I went to the push, and the push, I uh, mean, I was expecting it to be heavier. Um, and uh, according to what I had trained in the gym, and when I pushed the first one, the sled just. Went up. It was oh, this is gonna be easier than I thought. So the sled push was amazing. Uh, I think I, I honestly I think this this sleds in New York were faster. I mean, who would be wrong? But you you moved it pretty it was, well.
0: You 254, which is a very quick like uh, it's a very quick U.S. sled push, I would say. So like that that was a good sled push from you, faster than the one you had before. Um, I don't yeah. know what it was like when you were in Chicago. I don't have that split pulled up, but 254 very was solid. similar.
1: In the Chicago, in the open in the open division, was to twenty to thirty something. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So sled push and then sled pull. You cut it by five and a half minutes. You know, you're four twenty one.
1: <laughs> you know what happened? I went to the pool. I pulled the same. This is the first time. I thought it was not going to move. Instead, I almost touched with my body in the in the in the ground. So, uh, because it moved so fast that the beginning. it was like, oh, it's moving. <laughs> it was such a surprise. It was like oh, and I said yes, this is mine. So once I, I I realized that it was it, it moved relatively I mean fast uh, and then I saw the other competitors coming close to me and I knew they were reaching a little bit the gap they were closing the gap uh, particularly Mark but not that fast so it was okay I can do it and I I went out of the sled pool in the first place as well so from there I said okay now I have two of my favorite stations I can make some gap in these two. Which were the burpees and the and the rope. Uh, Particularly, well, the burpees went very well. I know that some people were complaining about my technique. I'm sorry about that, but uh, I was trying to 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 put my, my hands as close as possible to my pits. Honestly, I had three I, referees around me, and uh, I, I I I mean, I was trying to do it as at, as at possible
0: that so. point. At that point, so I don't like I don't recall the the technique issue. Um, I don't think I got to watch. I didn't get to watch the whole men's race. But if you've got three refs around you and nobody's calling it, that's yeah. uh, that's it's on you to know the movement standard and do the right and try your best. And there will be times in a race when you'll try your best and you'll do it wrong. The refs should that's call I, you. Yeah. The refs should call you. And if they don't, that's a sport problem. That's not a you problem. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. And
1: I I, I watched the 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 live uh, stream uh, after the race, particularly the burpees. I was I wanted to make sure that I was not doing anything crazy. I'm not, I didn't see anything
0: crazy, so. We'll I'll go. I'll go back and watch it. I will go back and watch it, and I'll tell you because I'll be straight up with you. If it looks okay. like dog shit, I'll be like, "Yeah, we got to fix that." If not, yeah. and people were just being, you know, people in the chat who were thinking <laughs> angles yeah. or just like the littlest thing, you know, they might call on it. Um, I'll I'll be the judge of that one for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank
1: you. <laughs> it so nice. no, but yeah. it's not. It's not. That, but, I mean, I want. I want to do it right. So. Uh, I'm very new in the sport and I haven't done barbies before doing higheriro so this is new and uh, so I try, <laughs> I try my best so uh I I, I try to be straight with the with the roles and and I don't want to have any bra in this regard. so uh then I moved to the to the row the row 1 12 350 which was nice row uh and then I went to my three last stations that I knew that were not my strength, my strongest thing so my grip, improved compared compared to Houston. So I was able to do 140 something. 143. Yes. Yeah. So uh it was uh almost 30 some 30, more than 30 seconds faster than than uh than Houston. So it's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> and then in the, the I think the it was in the lunches when I saw uh Newbie the the guy who was behind me just uh, reaching the gap a little bit. Uh I wasn't I had everything under control. At that point, I was like, okay, keep some energy for the wall balls, keep some energy for the wall balls, it's gonna be hard there. You had a hard time. This is the other station that I struggled. So I I was able to do one minute uh, less than Houston in the in the, the lunches. And then in the wall in the walls, it was hard. I, I had only 40 seconds gap with, uh, with the second one. And I had done my my previous experience was seven minutes 30 seconds. So I had to be way faster than that. So instead of doing long sets, I knew I had to split the wobbles in many, I had to break it many times. So I knew that. I knew because I trained it and I knew where it was in the wobbles. So I basically did 20, 15, 15, and then 5, by 5, 5, 5, 10. So it was my, my strategy. Short breaks and then uh, like fast in the movements. Yep. And it paid off, it worked. So uh yeah uh it was it was very very good uh very slow course I, I think i don't know other people say that it was a few minutes slower
0: uh i would um, agree i would I agree. it seemed like a slow course i think you put that on somewhere else and you're closer to a 62 if not maybe squeaking under um
1: yeah i don't know uh, yeah so, so i don't care uh this is <laughs> i i feel i feel good because i'm broken What i i had a
0: yeah, man. So now you find yourself on top of the podium for a race that you weren't planning on racing, coming from the third heat, you know, improving drastically from Houston. And so like as we kind of, you know, we get to the close of all this, like where where are you headed to next? What do you got next on the docket? And like what what are your maybe your goals? Have they shifted after getting a taste of taste of winning? I mean, I would be
1: lying. I would be lying if, if I say I, I I I I don't want to race against all of you guys, but uh I mean, I have I, I know that I have such a big uh margin for improvement in, in my run. So my running ability is now <laughs> really on the on the lower end of my entire career as an athlete. So uh I have a lot of margin in the in the run. Uh I, I think I can I can cut a couple of minutes, three minutes probably in the run if I run properly. So my goal, I mean, I don't I don't want to put high expectations, but I want to, I want to be face to face with all of you guys.
0: Yeah, what is, um, yeah, what's success for you? Like, success for you is to race face-to-face with... I mean, you know,
1: being, I, I, I I would like to be in the North American Championships, but uh, uh, I know it's going to be very tough. I know the I, qualification I, process, it's going to be hard. I will be racing in uh, Chicago and, and Dallas. Okay. I will try to put a good time in any of those venues. Not sure if I'm going to do it in... Because if I can match one award trip with uh, Los Angeles, I will race in Los Angeles as well. But uh, I'm not sure. Depends on my work uh, time, uh, schedule. So uh, yeah. So I I I want to be in the in the lead, but you know this is something that doesn't come easy. Uh, I will do my I will do my best. I have you know I have a lot of time from now. So uh, yeah, definitely I'm I'm putting a lot of effort on that and a lot of uh, hope. So yeah, dude, uh, I, 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 my my, yeah. my dream is my dream is to race against all you guys. I don't care uh, being the last or whatever. I want to be with you.
0: So it's my. Well, from from our first meeting, you know, in the warm up area over at North American Champs back, you know, five months or uh, four months ago, to like, I can't wait to line up with you and race. You know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get the race in Chicago. I'll try to come to that one. Yes. And, you know, we can line that up and race together. I really look forward to that. And also, I, I do agree. Like, I think you have a lot of potential. You've improved rapidly. I think you know the areas you need to get better at. Um and I think you will get better at them. And do just like all in all, you've done an awesome job of just showing up and showing out really early on. Um, and, and I'm stoked for you.
1: Thank you so much. I mean I mean, it was a pleasure to meet you in Chicago. Uh, I mean I, I've never imagined that I would ever have a purchase race with a top world athletes somewhere. And uh this sport gives you this opportunity, which is nice. Uh, so uh, this is one of the of the best things to this sport. When you race triathlon, it's hard. I mean, moving into the professional field is pretty hard. Here you can race against the best of the world in any single race. So uh, unfortunately, in New York, we didn't have the pro uh, world athletes there. But uh, hopefully, in Chicago and Dallas will be different. And yeah, so this summer it's gonna be interesting. I I mean, there's a lot of time, so I want. To I will I will not freak out about this. I just want to be consistent. No injuries. If I don't have an injury, um, my running ability will come. Uh, so I, I'm not very worried about that. And I know my weaknesses as well. I know that I have uh, I have like one minute in the world was that I have to shave, and I will I will work on that as well. But uh, yeah. So from Chicago to New York, it was a short but intense journey, and uh, for sure I hope we can we can race together many times.
0: Yeah, man, I, I really look forward to it. So as we wrap things up, do you have any, any sh- a couple of things, any shout outs, anybody you, you just want to, you know, name drop? And then I think one thing I want to start doing is open this up. Who is somebody, if anybody, that you would like to challenge to a high rocks Just to see him come out there and do it.
1: Ah, someone who has, who has not been in high rocks. yet? Yeah,
0: yeah, who's somebody that's oh, like, yeah, my God, I'd like yeah. to see them.
1: Chris, Chris, oh my God, he's like, he's their goat. I, I would love to see him. And I don't know if you know that Joe Skipper, one of the pro uh, top world uh, class triathletes, is going to do a hike. Okay,
0: you say it. I missed his name. Say his name again. Joe Skipper. Oh, Joe Skipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that name. Uh, he's American, dude, correct? He is, uh, he's uh, he's British. He's British. Yeah. Okay. All right, I, never so. mind.
1: I don't. I don't know who am I thinking. But he's he's in the. He's one of the of the five best Ironman uh triathletes, and uh, he's a strong guy. So he's in the. In the strong end of the field, so kind of Blumenfeld, yeah, and and he's going to race London in October, I think, oh, in the Pro Division.
0: That's gonna so be so it's awesome. gonna be
1: very very interesting.
0: I look forward to I look forward to watching that, seeing how he does. Yeah. Uh, so, Christian Blumenfeld, if Joe Skipper comes out, does one, you're next. You know, get your Norwegian butt to the line. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, they are they are in a different level, and have. I'm, I think I think Christianon if he if he, would, if he tried pirates he I think he would be close to 100 I, I think so yeah. he's strong and he has a suffering capacity he suffers as fuck, so he can die in the race <laughs> I never <laughs> seen a guy suffering so much
0: yeah dude it, it'll be impressive and as the sport grows to see the the people who branch over from different you know sports that translate well and how they race like all that's gonna be so cool well, dude, I, I thank you for hopping on. Again, I'm I'm like so excited to get to, to race you, hopefully, in these upcoming months. I'm super happy for you taking a win in your second ever pro race. Um, Let me say
1: one thing. Let me absolutely. say one thing before. Yeah, what you got? Uh, I have to thank you uh, one thing because uh, if, I don't know if anybody knows, but Julian called me and you spent half an hour talking to me a couple of hours before Houston race, giving me a lot of tips for free. It was uh, on table. So thank you so much. I don't think uh, there's many sports where uh, one of the best athletes of the world called you before a race uh give you his uh, support and give. And so thank you so much. It was amazing. And I'm really grateful for, for this.
0: Dude, you're, you're more than welcome. When I see somebody who comes into this sport, whether they be somebody who's trying to compete at the top, it's their first time on the line or whatever, I just want to see them do well. So it was more than my pleasure to give you a call before that race and talk through some things. The more the more that I can help people succeed and the more that I can help the sport grow, I think that's a win for everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, buddy, enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. And I look forward to seeing you in the future.
1: Yeah, same here. Yeah. Uh, nice to be in this in this chat and and hope to see you very soon.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, buddy. Bye.
1: Yeah, now.